Hello and welcome to Trinity College Dublin Talks. With us today is Edmund Heafy, the former editor of the University Times, which is Trinity College Dublin's biggest uh, newspaper. It's a print paper and it's also a digital paper, as you'd expect. The print edition comes out about four times a year, is it, Edmund? It's actually nine or ten, yeah. Nine yeah. or ten times, yeah. 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 And then and then it's updated pretty much every day. Welcome, Edmund. Thanks, Tom. I'm delighted to be here. So let's let's talk about how you got into student journalism. You came up to Trinity from Cork, uh, you studied German. What what did you stumble into it or was it a kind of a burning ambition? Were you always interested in journalism? Um, I definitely couldn't say I stumbled into it. Um, that would be that would be a lie. Um, coming to Trinity actually was, you know, as much as I wanted to come to Trinity and as much as I wanted to study what I studied, it was a lot to do with the the student newspapers in Trinity. Um, and actually, as soon as I got my CAO offer um, from Trinity, uh, my first the first thing I did was send an email to the editor of the University Times outlining the experience I had before before uh, before I had even got here. Um, and what I, experience was it? Was yeah, it? I, I was involved in founding uh, a student magazine in my secondary school in Cork. I went to CBC Cork um, and they were really supportive, actually, and gave us a good chunk of money to produce this, yeah. this glossy uh, magazine three times a year. Um, and we got nominated for university level awards, actually, with a secondary school uh, student magazine. So I outlined that experience and uh, I got a nice kind of email back saying, oh, you know, come to our first meeting, uh, you know, we'd be delighted to see you get involved. Uh, but it was only until they realised that someone uh, who had a senior position laying out the magazine that comes with the University Times had gone away in Erasmus unexpectedly. So I suddenly was able to kind of get into a, a senior position in the paper um, relatively early on. So I moved into Trinity Hall and my first weekend in Trinity was actually spent rather than... In, in the student accommodation uh, was spent in the University Times office. So tell us a little bit about the University Times because it's quite a quite unusual in a way, isn't it? The the, the editor, for instance, uh, is able to take a year off um, and and concentrate on editing the editing the paper. It's supported by uh, a subvention from from the students' union, but it's totally independent. I mean, give us a flavour for people who are not familiar with the University Times of what it's like as a newspaper. Yeah, so the University Times today, I would say, um, and it's actually the best way of describing it, uh, I think, is how the Provost described it recently um, as, as a newspaper that pursues an independent course in college life. So even though it's, it's funded by the Students' Union, it's, I think, probably of the, 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 the press in Trinity is very critical of, of its funder um, and, and of what it does. Um, so when I ran for election to be editor of the University Times, I ran on a platform of holding the union and the college to account. Um, so often we're accused of being a, a, a mouthpiece of the union, but I think anyone who pays attention to, to what it writes day to day um, uh, wouldn't, wouldn't agree with that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a daily newspaper, I say, online. Um, as news happens, it, it covers things. It covers everything that happens in Trinity, um, from what the Provost does to to new degrees, to, to academic decisions, to changes in the university, um, everything the union does, and then it covers higher education more generally in Ireland. So uh, I've had university presidents tell me uh, that, that they load the University Times every day and they pay attention to what it reads, uh, to what it produces. Um, and then, yeah, every, every, around every three weeks in print, it's kind of a full, it's, it's like a Sunday paper, I would say. It's a 20-page broadsheet, comes with a magazine and a cultural supplement, um, and it takes itself really seriously. Um, 
and a lot of people might say it takes itself too seriously but I think that's the kind of you know if you're interested and passionate about what you're doing it's the only way to do it. Tell me I've known you for a while now Edmund and I've always been curious I've never really asked you this question how do you find the time like how how do you and your colleagues manage getting a degree having a social life and then you know, this, this very intense as you say it is effectively a daily paper uh, this very intense engagement with with the student journalism how, how did you find find time to, or how did you balance all that oh I think most people say they don't balance it all um, it, it, it's not uh, you know you, you kind of come out the other end and say god yeah I managed that I managed to get a degree I managed to edit the paper I managed to stay involved um, but it's it's a lot of uh, it's it's a lot of missing deadlines and just about uh, scraping past and uh, but everyone does it because they they believe in it and it's what they're passionate about and you talk about social life I think the paper for most people mm. is their social life as well so you know those weekends when I, I'd be up 72 hours straight almost trying to produce a paper um, there are also times you enjoy it you know it doesn't fe feel like work um, most of the time um, but balancing it, I've had a you know a tough time as a result of my involvement in the paper, kind of getting through university and uh, uh, kind of fulfilling academic requirements as well. Um, and I, everyone, I would say, is the same in the paper. You know, it's uh, it's such a all-consuming thing that that your degree almost seems uh, like a, a second consideration. And what have you learned about the university? What what you know, being kind of closely involved with your nose against the window, writing about it, thinking about it, talking to people all the time. What, what are the kind of the broad conclusions that you would draw? Hmm. Um, I suppose on a kind of student involvement level, um, I think you learn that Trinity is, is unique in, its, in, a, in, in, in the way it's kind of... Uh, uh, I'm trying to think. I, I suppose unique in that there's no university, I would say, in the UK and Ireland that has the kind of student life that Trinity does, um, from the, the passion and dedication of all the students running the debating societies to, to players, which is the drama society, to, to you know, the various science-based societies. There's, there's nowhere else comparable um, in terms of the passion and dedication. Uh, and I say that because like, I came to Trinity and, and when you come from secondary school and you're passionate about something, um, you, you, you kind of, pe people not that people mock you or not that I had a hard time in secondary school or anything, but you know, you're kind of, why are you passionate about that or why are you putting your time into that? Whereas I came to Trinity and uh, even if you've completed different set of interests to someone else so you're involved in something completely different everyone respects you for what you're passionate about and what you're involved in so I was editor of, of the student newspaper and you know the editor of the debating society they might not agree what we write about or what we publish but they respect them and I respect them for what they're doing and the amount of time uh, they're putting into things um, and it is there's two world-class debating societies there's a world-class drama society um, but then broadly about the university I think being being editor of a student paper gives you an insight into to how things run in the university that that you necessarily uh, otherwise wouldn't have um, and you know a lot of academics even might be critical of, of the the way the university is run or, or whatever but I think what you do realize is when you when you meet people like the chief financial officer and you, you sit down and you talk to him about his aims and goals and you think actually this guy 
is, is doing things for the right reasons and he believes in, in what he's doing. Um, and you know, academics, I, I had a conversation with a bunch of academics just, just about, you know, because you, you get those emails that say that all the college's commercial initiatives, for instance, are, are aimed at raising money for, for the academic side of the university and kind of academics sometimes roll their eyes at it and they're like, no, but I've actually talked to them and that's really what they are believe in what they're doing, you know, and um, there can be a lot of kind of cynical criticism um, and, and, you know, God, if anyone has criticised the provost or the university administration more in the past couple of years, it's probably me. Um, but, but I think you do see the other side of, of it and, and how uh, everyone does have the best intentions. So what, what stories have you particularly enjoyed working on in your, in your time, in your four years with the University Times? Oh, Four plus years, I should say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah unfortunately, it's been, yeah, it's been... Been a, been a while, um, or fortunately, I suppose um, I wouldn't change it. Um, I don't know. I think it's 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 those stories where you feel you're you're setting an agenda or, or informing people beyond what they would know otherwise. So I think the kind of my biggest story still, and the one I'm most proud of, was the the government higher education funding working group, um, which is this working group kind of set up to decide the future funding of higher education in Ireland and uh, you know post crash the, the funding um, to universities as you well know Tom uh, decreased uh, significantly um, so the government kind of set up a kicking the can down direct uh, kicking the can down the road exercise um, and this working group was tasked with, with coming up with solutions um, but I was the first to to break details of, of what was coming from that working group nationally. Um, so, uh, and that set the agenda for the union and for the union students in Ireland, um, of them knowing what, uh, what was coming down the tracks and, and how to respond to it. Um, so it's things like that where you feel like, okay, as a result of my reporting, people are better informed and people, people know, know, know what's happening. Yeah, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, really, isn't it? And, and that's a feature of the University Times, that its stories are often picked up by the national media. Yeah. And, and you are breaking, you and your colleagues, breaking stories, and, and they're really kind of uh, influencing the debate. And again, that's quite unusual, I think. There are not many student newspapers around the world that, that, that are read by, by uh, national newspaper editors to, mm -hmm. to kind of pick up ideas and pick up stories. What... what I'm always interested when I when I see somebody your age who who's still passionate about journalism. I know you want to stay in journalism, and uh, and and you've had plenty of offers since uh, since kind of finishing up in the the University Times. But I'm a little bit curious, you know, about why you do. You know, what 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 is the? You know, clearly, journalism is in a state of flux, newspapers particularly, but broadcast media is also finding things very challenging at the moment. Why is it that you want to hitch yourself to this possibly waning star? Or do you believe that it's not waning at all? Do you believe that we're in an information age and demand for news has never been higher? It's just that the transmission mechanisms are different. Um, I think... I, I think there was a sense, kind of 2010, 2011, 2012, that journalism was in a, a, a waning age. Um, but I think now newspapers or, and global news organisations more are, are finding their feet um, and figuring out how to, to make money and, uh, and to, to, to get subscribers in, in this era. So I don't, 
I definitely don't feel like I'm going into a, a dying industry. Um, but why I do it or why I want to be a journalist is, is like my, my answer always is that, you know, I, I'm interested in holding power to account. And it sounds um, kind of, I suppose, uh, airy fairy or a bit uh, kind of roll your eyes. But I do, you, you compare, you know, other ways of trying to change the world and I do think you know everyone should be trying to to make some kind of dent on the universe I suppose um however small but I think journalism is a is a good way of of making changes for the better and making sure society you know is, reflects the the way it should be um from you know and I think you know often you know, newspapers have a bigger inf influence on what a government does than, than most backbench or, or, or you know politicians um so um, that is it and, and making sure that you know the decisions that are being made are, are made uh, you know with everyone knowing knowing what the consequences are and what the implications are. And tell me this I'm curious why you continue to print the University Times as a print edition. I love print I'm, but I'm, I'm old you know I like that the, the tactile nature of it the fact that you can stuff it in your pocket you can read it wherever you want uh, you can use it again to when you're painting the door it's interesting that, that it's quite a big investment, really, for, for a student paper. Um, but why do you feel that you want to get your readers that way, as well as digitally? Because you have a very strong digital following, as I well know, when you break a story online, there are reactions. But why did you feel kind of compelled to keep printing the paper as well? I think it's, you know, there's, there's lots of kind of practical reasons why, why we still print a paper, um, and I think you know, mo most, uh, you know, the University Times started as a print paper. Um, so it's part of the paper's identity, first of all. So um, even though it's only 10 years old, it's, uh, it sounds strange to think that, that our, our identity is rooted in print, but, but it is true. And, and a lot of the kind of structures of the paper and, and how it works functions around the print cycle. Um, and that mightn't be obvious because of how often we publish online in print as well. But that is kind of one of the the kind of practical reasons that that how content is produced still to an extraordinary degree um, focuses on the print edition um, and successive editors including me have tried to change that um, and you know trying to bring in online and digital schedules um, but but that is the case and then there's the the, uh, the identity thing is that it's funny online we're actually UT so even though we're universitytimes.ie but we, it actually doesn't say the University Times anywhere prominent on the website so and that was originally because the print paper was the University Times and it's online kind of segment was called UT um, and they were separate things and I don't think anyone thinks of them uh, as separate things anymore um, but I think it's it's a consideration um, in, in making that decision um, and then the other one is that I think you've new students coming coming to Trinity and they might not necessarily have found the University Times online but they see a stack of newspapers in the arts block or the Hamilton building or wherever they are and it's, it's a physical it's a calling card yeah it's, yep. it's a physical mm. presence mm. in students lives um, and then there's also the thing that I think a lot of academics who are a big part of our readership and also because if we're aiming to hold power to account and influence how decisions are made, you want academics to, to, to read the paper. And I think a lot of them pick it up in print and might not necessarily uh, go, go and see it online. Um, but that's changing again, um, you know, very rapidly. Last question, really. So there, there will hopefully be some people listening who are thinking of going to Trinity or indeed another university somewhere. 
and and maybe thinking, yeah, I'd like to get involved in in student journalism. Uh, what, what what are the qualities? What, what's the checklist? What do you think you need? To, what kind of a person do you need to be to enjoy and thrive in student journalism? Oh, it, it, it will sound corny, but I think above all, it's it's commitment and dedication. Um, I think that there's plenty of talented people who, who start or want to get involved in University Times, but the people who try are the people who are able to dedicate the time and show the commitment and are always w willing to be there. Um, and it's it's having a, a curiosity, I think, is, the, is an overriding factor, more so than an innate writing talent or... Uh, you know, bucket loads of previous experience. Um, they all go a long way, um, certainly a long way, um, having edited, you know, the, the stuff of, of, of new entrants to college and sometimes uh, getting a bit upset at the process. But um, uh, I think that is the thing the University Times, I think is more so than most student uh, organizations in Trinity rewards dedication. Um, and, and the people, you know, it is a, a meritocracy and, and the people who've come up through the ranks are the people who have who have been able to give the time. It's a grit, perseverance, yeah. resilience, yeah. determination, yeah. <laughs> more than anything else. Yeah, people always say, don't they, they always think that to thrive in, in print journalism anyway, you've got to love writing and you've got to be good at writing. That's really not a particularly important skill. It can be learned relatively easily, isn't it? It's the other skills. It's about keeping with the story. And, and really trying to, to nail it down. That seems to me what's what's needed. Yeah, yeah, and it's coming, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's, it's if someone finds themselves almost as like coming out of conversations, finding out things they didn't expect to have found, because um, that's what it, the university thrives on, people breaking stories that, that, that no one else knows or, or new information. Um, so that, that was always something I found I was surprised that, you know, I'd go for coffee with someone and they'd end up wanting to tell me this or feel like I understood something and then told me, more than I expected. Um, so, uh, and, and I don't know, yeah, there are lots of those kind of uh, people who've come up through UT who never would have considered themselves as uh, a journalist, but, but they happen to, to say, do you know what I heard the other day? And you're saying, how did you hear that? Um, and it's because of the, there's something kind of about their personality. Yeah, I'll just finish up with the story. You were too modest to mention it, but uh, it is interesting. You know, a couple of a couple of weeks ago, there was a, a bit of a kerfuffle about the University Times and there was talk about reducing the funding. Uh, so there was a referendum, Trinity being the incredibly democratic place that it is. Uh, and it was very interesting to see, I think it was three quarters of students yeah. voted totally against this. So, you know, despite the uh, edgy nature of the paper and the fact that you've held a lot of people, a lot of students, a lot of staff to account, it was really interesting and refreshing to see such a, a wave of support for the paper and such a kind of enthusiasm for for good journalism and I think uh, it reflected well on, on, on you and all your and all your colleagues in the paper. So Edmund Heafy, thanks very much for, for joining the podcast and uh, good luck in your future journalistic career. Thanks very much Tom, thanks. <laughs>